oh, oh, okay, we're being recorded. Okay, so I'm gonna start. Okay, so hello, welcome back to the podcast, my fellow lit lovers and hopeful lovers of this podcast. Just kidding, no pressure. I totally understand if you're not into commitment. If 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 you're wondering why I, Daniela, am your host this evening um, or morning, wherever you're listening, it's because today we are short one member. Sadly, Carrie will not be here with us tonight. And for that reason, I am testing out and experimenting my hosting abilities. Um, if I ramble or anything, the girls already know to boo at me. So if you hear booing, it's because I'm rambling. But um, that's okay because we have the rest of the cast crew here and you'll be hearing from all these lovely. So today's episode will be the spirit of love as Valentine's Day is among us. I know you can't see me, but I have the biggest smile on my face right now because I personally have always loved and looked forward to this holiday. And due to this pandemic, sharing the love is a little difficult right now. We can't exactly show physical affection to all of our loved ones, but hey, by staying safe, we'll get through this together. So in order to hopefully make your Valentine's Day full of love and romance and general good feels, we are here to discuss our favorite couples throughout literature. So since I have the honor of being your host, I'm going to start us off. I think my couple <laughs> needs no introduction. I think many of you, if you've listened to our other episodes, might be rolling your eyes and dreading the words I'm about to say, but my couple is Jane Eyre, <laughs> Mr. Rochester. <laughs> I really don't get sick of talking of this novel. Like, trust me, I can, I, I can talk about this for hours, but um, I'll be brief about it, I promise. <laughs> um, and I feel like you can't blame me because they're the original forbidden romance trope. Um, I mean, at least in my head they are. I can't help how much I love the secret relationship. I look for it in all my reads and dare I say, I might like it better than enemies to lovers. Actually, no, who am I kidding? The words felt wrong the second they left my mouth. The trope is just too damn good, but it's a close second in my eyes. Sorry, I got distracted with the chat. <laughs> Um, but I love the idea that Bronte, a woman in the Victorian era, thought of the whirlwind romance that she probably had no clue would be idolized in present day 2021. Like the fact that Mr. Rochester tells Jane, every atom of your flesh is as dear to me as my own. Like, yeah, sure. He had a whole wife in the so attic. Call and forward it to an automatic voice message system. Five, zero, one, two, eight, two, eight, one, zero, five. He's not going to like restart that part. Okay. Um, I love the idea that Bronte, a woman in the Victorian era, thought of this whirlwind romance that she probably had no idea would be idolized in present day 2021. Like the fact that we have so many amazing couples and I still get butterflies when I read Mr. Rochester tell Jane, every atom of your flesh is as dear to me as my own. Like, yeah, dude was just desperate to woo Jane after she find out she found out that like he literally had a whole wife in the attic. Um, but hey, those are some pretty smooth words. And for that reason, I'm just convinced that women do romance so much better than men. Like, I can't remember the last time I read a novel written by a man that made me feel exactly the way I felt when I read those words. I mean, Call Me By Your Name had some pretty heavy words, but I think that was more on the lines of 
like erotic love and not so much genuine romantic love. And I think that's what we get at the end of the day with Jane Eyre. And that's why they're my pick because they're like that genuine romantic love that you see yourself in, you know, like it's the love that you want to be in. Um, so I generally want to see this couple thrive. And I mean, they did, spoiler alert, um, and just give a big F you to the people that didn't want to see them succeed. So for that reason, I they're my pick. I love them. And now since I think all of you guys knew I would choose Jane Eyre, I did want to give y'all some honorable mentions um, about couples that, you know, they did something for me. So first off, um, in an unexpected turn of events, I am going to choose a quick little shout out to um, Bella and Edward from the Twilight series. I feel like I, I, had, to, I had to do it on them. Like I, I had to. Um, it's the couple I love to hate, but also the couple that made me realize I wish that I had a supernatural boyfriend in high school that could read everybody's mind. Like, I mean, the evil that I would do with that power, like top tier. Um, and I wish I could do that so much. Like maybe that's the reason there's no like vampires lining up at my door. But um, my next pick is Achilles and I might be saying his name wrong. So please don't, please don't come for me if I am, but Petrocles, Petrocles. Um, now, while these are characters from the Odyssey and I think the Iliad don't come for me, I also have never read those books. So I don't know if they're both in those books. Um, but if you're looking for our resident ancient Greek expert, you can consult Leanne down there who has not only read, but translated um, the Odyssey into ACL. So ASL. Okay, I was like, I knew I said something wrong. <laughs> I was like, I, I'm just so bored. I'm just like so done with this pandemic that I'm ready for these festivals and these events. So I'm thinking of ACL like up in here, but now I'm at, I'm at ASL. Okay, I, I won't get that wrong next time. <laughs> um, but no, I'm not talking about this couple from the Odyssey. I am talking about this couple from Madeline Miller's Song of Achilles, which is a book that is loosely inspired by the Odyssey. I love this book so if you haven't read it read it and because it's a new book I think I mean well to be fair I think it came out like 2015 so not super new but I know not a lot of people have gotten to it yet so I don't want to give any spoilers um but um I did want to leave you guys with this little quote that I just think is like chef's kiss probably the most romantic line I've ever heard in my life I could recognize him by touch alone by smell I would know him blind by the way his breaths came and his feet struck the earth, I would know him in death at the end of the world. I, that line, it's just like, imagine like just knowing your lover like that much, it's just top tier romance. And that's why it just gets like the chef kiss for me. But now I'm gonna pass the torch over and see who Lane's favorite literary couple is. Okay, I'm going next. Uh, so I'm Lane, and my favorite literary couple for tonight is Lori and Amy from Little Women. I know a lot of people like Lori and Joe. I don't think, uh, okay, hold on. Okay, okay, never mind. I can keep going. Okay, uh, I thought they were trying to stop me. Um, so I think that Lori and Joe are too playful. I really don't like them together. They fight way too much. And the reason that I like Lori and Amy together is because Amy has always seen Lori. 
Now we talked earlier and Daniela hasn't seen any of the movies. She hasn't read the book, none of it. But in the 2019 version by Greta Gerwig, uh, there's a whole instance where she gets reprimanded by a teacher. And then when she's walking home, she sees Lori and his school teacher, I think John, I can't remember his name. But anyways, she says, I'm Amy. And he says, I'm Lori. And she says, I know. So already she, she sees him and she knows who he is. And she has the two drawings of him, the one that he never even knew about and she, that she's kept for years. And another thing, you know, like I was talking about with Lori and Joe, they're too playful. They're too much like kids. But Amy holds Lori accountable. When they're at the party, she tells him uh <laughs> she tells him I despise you and although those could be you know really hurtful words what she's trying to say is you know I know that you're better than just wasting your time and your money doing nothing you need to be actually doing something with your life and another thing I mean he's literally saved her one time so of course that's going to affect how each of them correspond with each other and interact with each other but he's also been the one to comfort her like when Beth gets scarlet fever he's the one that goes to see her every day and take her to the theater and out for walks and rides and all of that and then when Beth dies he's the one that goes to fetch her and bring her back and he comforts her when she doesn't have her family there with her and when she's writing her will um, Amy's pretty vain, which a lot of people think is her downfall. I think it makes her more human. But anyways, um, when she's writing her will, one last thing she tells them to put in is that when she dies, she wants her hair cut off and given to her friends and family. And he realizes that that is such a hard thing for her to do more so than it would have been for Joe, like in the 2019 version when she cuts off her hair. And they already had pet names for each other. I mean, come on. Even before they got married, they already had pet names. They were calling each other all sorts of stuff. So it was, it was pretty much faded. Um, so really, I, I think they're perfect for each other. I'm grateful that they ended up with each other and that it's represented in such a, I don't know how to describe it, in, in such a loving way, like in the 2019 version. Well, anyways, um, there's a lot of messages in the chat. So I'm going to end here and give it to Diani. Yes, thank you, Lane. Um, I'm Diani, and my favorite literary couple is Elizabeth Bennett and Mr. Darcy. Continuing with the classic novels, um, I just, I love period dramas. I love Pride and Prejudice, and, you know, it was the, a book that I read more than once, and I've watched the BBC series and watched the movies multiple times. And um, yeah, because I love period dramas. I, I'm currently reading the Bridgerton series uh, because I've watched the Netflix show. So I'm currently reading that. Um, but going back to Pride and Prejudice, um, 
I don't know. I, I just love the couple because I love how we as the reader go through this romance and as the story progresses, we go through this romance uh, as Elizabeth Bennet does, um, you know, because when we're in, when I first read it, when I was in high school, I first met Darcy as I was reading the book and I'm like, oh, he's so pretentious. And then as the story goes along, and you know, the thing with Jane, um, um, with Jane Bennett, you know, it's like, oh my goodness, I hate him. I hate him. So it's like, I'm feeling the same feelings that uh, Lizzie's feeling. And then, you know, we get to know more, more of him as a character. And then, you know, oh, okay, he's not that bad, you know, like the whole Mr. Wickham thing. And, and then, you know, I don't want to spoil it for everybody, but it's like, oh my goodness, I'm sorry, I you know, misjudged you, you know, just like Lizzie did. But, you know, we fall in love with the character just like Lizzie does. So I, 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 re I really love that. And, you know, one of my favorite quotes is from the end, you know, he proposes the second time and, you know, um, he's like, you know, I know you said no to me the first time. Uh, and let me find the exact quote because I had it here. Um, my affections and wishes are unchanged, but one word from you will silence me on the subject forever. It was like, oh my goodness. I, it, I love that quote. And from the movie, I love when he says, you have bewitched me body and soul, which is not in the book, but I, I loved it. I love that quote from the movie. Um, and one fun fact that I wanted to share as the last thing is that the book that Jane Austen wanted to, well, the book, the title that Jane Austen wanted to put in first was going to be called, before it was Pride and Je Prejudice, it was going to be First Impressions. And she's really right you know first impressions are not always you know correct and that that's how they are as a couple it's how I can relate because it was how I was with my husband when I first met him he, I'm like he's so rude ah oh, like he's like I didn't like him at first and now I think I'm married to the sweetest man in the world so yeah it's completely true I think I think I'm I lived the Lizzie Bennet romance myself, you know, but I, I just, I love it. I, I love the book and all about it. And this, this couple is my ultimate fave. So um, now I'm going to give it to, um, yeah, I don't know what order we are right now. Um, I, Forrest, I, I think we're going to Forrest next so she can tell us our favorite couple. Sorry. You know, we're just going with it today because, uh, you know, without Carrie, obviously we're just a hot mess. Um, we have no, we have no guiding factor, no guiding person with us. So it's just, you know, it's, it's what it is. Um, but I agree with Diani. Elizabeth Bennett and Darcy are honestly to die for. Fitzgerald and Elizabeth together always as one. 
Uh, my favorite couple is going to be coming from a discovery of witches. And I know you can't see me, but I'm holding up my copy. Um, I love Matthew and Diana together as a couple because honestly, at first it was all about, I got to get the book from her, the book of life. So I know my species. And then it turns into this desire to constantly be around her. And he thought it was, you know, the bloodlust at first, but he was able to control himself through all of his blood rages and be like, you're my one true love. I'm going to marry you. And then eventually, no, I can't say this because it's going to be a really bad spoiler alert for everybody, but they're so great. I'm getting overwhelmed because I'm also watching the TV show at the same time. And unfortunately, in the U.S., they're only doing episodes every Saturday. And yes, I already tried to get a Skylink TV account, which I cannot because you have to live in Britain for that. And I don't have a British zip code, nor do I have a British Skylink account with my physical address being there. So quite unfortunate. But, you know, with my British accent and everything, it's a struggle, a struggle. I die every Saturday, every time I watch an episode, because I just want to watch the whole thing from start to finish. But I cannot do that either, because season three isn't going to probably come out for another, gosh darn, two years. It's a travesty. A travesty. And now I'm wondering if Leanne can still read my lips as I talk in a British accent. Kind of. Okay. But yes, after that lowly unfortunate, unfortunate fact that I am suffering because of TV scheduling, I'm going to go ahead and pass it to Leanne. Okay, now we're back with our favorite modcaster here, right? Am I right? Yes, please. Yes. Everybody's nodding and giving me thumbs up. Yes, I was right. Of course I am. Okay. So my favorite literary couple, I really had to think about it because I do not go for like any kind of romance at all. I usually avoid romance whenever possible, even though like non-romance genres will usually have couples in them. Um, I just don't get with them you know all of my otps my one true pairings are have like this unrequited love because obviously they're all going to be girls because i'm lesbian and you know authors just aren't having it whenever i ship anybody but no so i went with um i really reached back for this this was written down this story was written down around the same time homer's odyssey was being written down so this is um the tombo cool uh, the, it's Irish, so the Tanbo Kulengi, where in English it's the cattle raid of Cooley. And my translation is by Thomas Kinsella, and it's really old copies. Not many people are translating this story, but I really like this, um, especially this one because it had a pronunciation guide. It's got maps in it to help you really understand what's going on here. And the focal point of this book is. Um, these people are basically they've gone to war for a cow. There's this special, amazing cow. It's a really big cow. It's a great cow. They want it. So they go to war for this cow, but 
the thing that sets this off is the couple in the very beginning. It's Queen Maeve and her husband, King Alil. So they're having a pillow talk at the very beginning. And the talk, Alil just brings it up like a man would, you know, and he says, um, I was just thinking, Maeve, how well off you are now that you've married me. And she was like, I've always been kind of well off, but why do you bring it up? He's like, oh, you know nothing. I was just counting everything in my head, how much wealth I have and all that. And she's like, well, I'm pretty wealthy too. My father was the high king of Ireland. So I came here with all this stuff. I was the one who helped you out. You are a well-kept man. She gets upset by that, as a man does. So they call in all the servants. They start counting up everything they have. So they're counting up all their, you know, all their pots and pans, because back then iron and copper were really wealthy things to have. And they start counting up their jewelry, their clothing. Then they got to go outside and count their sheep and their horses. And then every single thing, they have the exact same amount. They are equal in wealth. And then they get to the cows. Now, they did have an equal amount of cows, like the cattle herd were exactly the same size, they had the same number of ratios from female to male cows, but the problem was that one of the male cows, one of the bulls from Aloe's herd, mated with one of the, not, not a mare, that's a horse, but one of the cows from Maeve's herd, and they produced a bull. That bull, in the story, it literally says that bull did not want to be owned by a woman, so it went over to Alil's herd, so he has one more than she does. She gets upset. She's like, I'm not going down like this. So she sends a servant over to the next province to ask somebody to sell her a cow. She gets this close to getting a cow that's going to beat him and get, make her more wealthy than him, so she'll win this argument. But then the deal falls through, and she says, no. If they're not going to give me the deal. A female cow is called a cow. Thank you. I needed that. <laughs> I keep thinking of it as a mare. Um, but the deal falls through. She says, we're going to take it by force. So she declares war <laughs> on the next province to get this cow. But the thing that makes this my favorite literary couple is Alil says nothing. He calls all of his brothers and gets their army to join their army. And he marches off to war with her, no questions asked. Like he knows that if they get this cow, if they get this bull, she's gonna beat him in the argument, but he just goes with it. And like throughout the whole book, throughout the whole story, he just goes with whatever she does. I love it so much. They're truly equal. She's a strong woman. And it's like, obviously he's the man. So he's kind of, he's the quote unquote leader, the general of the army, but she's the one calling all the shots. And there's another general that they bring in so that he'll bring 3000 men to fight for her. And he threatens to leave and take his 3000 men. She says, no, because I can give you something. So she sleeps with him. Alil finds out, and his reaction is to say, that's so smart. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> and it's just the best. It's the best that, It's the best couple. Like, if I ever have to be with a dude, which I don't want to be with a dude, it would have to be a dude like Alil. He would have to do whatever I say. Even if we're arguing, he would just let me win. He would help me win. He would go to war with me. 
to win a cow to be better than him because I am better than him. So that's that's my favorite literary couple. And throughout the whole book, they, the interplay between them is really amazing. You know, I think they do love each other, even though it was like an arranged marriage sort of thing. But if they don't love each other, they're at least great friends. She had eight kids with him and they went to war together. And he watches, he tries to watch her back when she needs to pee. Like they're in the middle of battle. She has to pee. So she's like, watch my back. And he's like, what do you want me to do? Just stand here? And she's like, yeah, just stand there. And so he's standing there. And then a guy comes from the opposite direction. He's looking that way, comes up from behind and takes her captive. She's like, damn it, Alil. <laughs> it's, it's just a wonderful little story. I definitely recommend The Cattleway of Cooley just for a fun read anyway. But if you like the kind of couple interaction where the man is just kind of going with it and she's a badass, then I'll definitely look into that. So that's going to be mine. And I'm now going to pass it over to Lexis. Okay, so my favorite literary couple, it's from a book called White Tiger by Kylie Chan. It's um, not as popular in the state. She's an Australian writer. So White Tiger is the first in a series of nine books and they're kind of broken into trilogies. I've made it up to book seven, but like back in 2012, 2013, cause they're so highly addictive for me. I can't ever finish them because I get swept up with school. So I've read the first book like three times in an attempt to go through the series. So the last time I read it was maybe like a month ago, but it's a, it's basically a book series about um, the Chinese gods and stuff. So the, the male in the couple, his name is a uh, Xuan Wu and he's the God of martial arts and also like the God of water or something. And um, without revealing a ton of plot, cause it's a long series. Um, he has a daughter whose mother died. She's like four when we're first introduced to her. And uh, his her mother died in a demon attack. And so she he he's obviously like a very wealthy man doing all this government stuff, whatever. So he brings in Emma, who's the main person, and she kind of becomes like first first she's an English teacher for Simone, because Simone is half Chinese, half white, and in Hong Kong, it's very um, common for the wealthier children to know multiple languages. And so she starts teaching her English. And then soon after that, she becomes the nanny. Soon after that, her and Xuan Wu kind of start falling in love with each other. And but but the part is they can't touch each other because of his godlike nature. If he touches her too much, he'll actually suck her life force out and kill her. So they have this relationship where they're slowly falling in love and the only time they can physically touch at all is if he's touching his daughter. So it's like this really very emotional relationship between them. They're, they're able to touch each other later on in the series, but the first book is always my favorite because it's so pure because she ends up kind of viewing Simone as her own daughter while at the same time always recognizing that's just not even fully a stepkid. Like she's in this weird mother role, nanny. And then as the book goes on and he uh, falls in love with her, she 
part of the plot is that he's pretty much going to die in like two years. So he's leaving everything to her. So not only is she going to be taking care of the kid, she now has to run all of his estates, but they get past all of it in their relationship. And it's just, it's really, really intense, but it's really funny at the same time. Like it's not a fully serious novel, but it's a really sad understory and it's just really life relatable and it's it's just really really great <laughs> but that's my favorite literary couple so yeah all right well i think that's all of us i think everybody went right i'm not skipping anybody okay all right just want to make sure because as you guys have noticed this um episode has been a little different it's been a little bit of a hot mess but um i mean hey look at us we made it to the end so um i think that does it for us and this will hopefully be the last time i am your makeshift host because um we desperately miss carrie <laughs> and um I'm, I'm sorry for that introduction, but we hope you're having a happy morning, evening, or night, wherever it is that you're from. Um, stay tuned for our next episode and our blog post because as 2020, I feel like 2021 has been a good year for us, and I personally think we have some great content coming up. Um, and I hope you have a happy Valentine's Day. I almost forgot that one. Thank you, Lane. Um, hope you're feeling the love. I hope this episode um, inspired you to pick up your favorite books and just, you know, feel something. So, um, so long, farewell, and happy reading, lit nerds. <laughs>